Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. St. Francis, before his conversion to Christianity, he was terrified of lepers and leprosy and contracting the disease. There are stories told in which St. Francis, on occasion, would be walking down a road, and in the far distance, he would see a person coming towards him. And then he would notice, as the person was drawing near, the person was a leper. Well, immediately, St. Francis was overcome by fear. He would immediately turn around and run in the opposite direction. Well, after St. Francis converted to Christianity and began to live a saintly life, one day, the same thing happened. He was walking down a road, and in the far distance, a person was approaching him. Now, as the person got closer and closer, St. Francis noticed this person was a leper. Now, all those old fears started conjuring up with inside of him. His first instinct, turn around and run away. But he resisted all those fears, and he kept walking towards the leper. As he neared the leper, he went out and embraced the leopard, and then began to continue his journey. As he turned around to look for the leper, the leper had disappeared. Now, on that very night, St. Francis had a dream. Jesus Christ appeared to him in that dream as that very leper that he embraced. Now, that story really lies at the heart of the readings for this weekend. Now, if you are living in the first century Palestine during the time of Jesus, nothing was more frightening for you than leprosy. In the first reading from Leviticus, we hear the severe prohibition against people with leprosy. If someone had leprosy, they were excluded from the circle of Jewish society. Now, you could not go to the well and get water. You had to find water on your own. You couldn't go to the marketplace and buy food. You had to find it yourself. Worse yet, you could not go into any synagogue or worship at the temple. Now, for a first century Jew, worship meant everything to them. Now, mind you, also there were no social safety nets. There was no social security, no unemployment insurance, no welfare. To be excluded means you're condemned to a so-called slow death. More to it, with leprosy, there was a definitive physical suffering. But at the same time, maybe an even greater suffering was the psychological and social suffering that was caused by being ostracized. See, this is why we read Leviticus in the first reading. It's a great segue into the gospel where Jesus confronts this leper. Now, Jesus confronts this man who has been excluded and marginalized in society. Now, it's so sad in the fact that 
Very often, communities in our day and age still, they define themselves through exclusion or ostracization. People say, well, we know who we are because we're not like them. Or we know who we are because we excluded them. Well, we have to believe and understand Jesus Christ comes as the Son of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity. He comes as a representative of that divine communion that exists between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that divine community, that communion, does not define itself by exclusion. When Jesus preaches, teaches, and heals, he does so as a representative of that divine community of God between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So what does that mean? When Jesus comes, he includes all, especially those that are excluded. If you read the stories in all four of the Gospels, Jesus goes to the lepers, to tax collectors, to sinners, all those that are sent outside of society's circle. Jesus' ministry was all about drawing everyone into God's circle because God's love for us is all-inclusive and unconditional. Jesus' ministry is creating a community that isn't defined by who is excluded or ostracized. See, we are meant in some way, shape, or form to identify with this leper. Why? Because in our sinfulness and in our weakness, we feel like this leper some days. Some days we don't feel worthy of things such that we should keep our distance. Now, this man, he comes to Jesus. First and foremost, that tells us a lot about this man. His courage, his determination, as well as his desperation. Now, it reminds me of the woman. When Jesus was dining, she came into the room and she began kissing Jesus' feet. And then she poured perfume over Jesus' feet and anointed him. She, too, felt ostracized. But nevertheless, she comes to Christ for healing. Remember Zacchaeus, despised as a tax collector? He, too, comes to Jesus to be healed. Well, in the midst of our weakness, we, too, we make that courageous spiritual move to come to Jesus. And that's what's so important. Now, once in the Lord's presence, we hear the leper knelt down and begged Jesus. Here's a second thing that's very important about this story. This suffering man, ostracized, living outside the community of life, he realizes who Jesus truly is. Jesus is not just some teacher amongst many. He's just not another prophet amongst others. No, He truly is the Son of God. And this man kneels in worship of God. He summons the courage to come to Jesus, and now he kneels and worships Jesus. For us, whatever it may be, what we're struggling with, whether it's physically, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, we, like this leper, we come to Jesus at Mass And at Mass, we know we are in the presence of Christ. And so we kneel before God at Mass, and we worship Jesus. Jesus truly is our Lord. And so we worship him at Mass. 
That's why it's so important for, for us to come to Mass every week. Because at Mass, the key step takes place, which is our healing, getting our lives in order, whatever the issues we may have in our life. The key step, right praise and worship of Jesus, which only occurs at Mass. See, when we worship Jesus, that's when our lives come back into order. That's when the healing takes place. And that's why our Mass is so important for us. Now, comes the great phrase in all of the healing. The leper says, if you wish, you can make me clean. And so, notice, the man is not demanding or insisting that Jesus heal him. He acknowledges the lordship of Jesus in his attitude of worship. And so, he acknowledges the sovereignty of Jesus Christ. Well, we too come to the Lord at Mass, begging like this leper. And we pray also, not my will be done, but Lord, your will be done. And so we ask that timeless question that so many people have asked throughout the centuries. Why doesn't Jesus heal everyone right now? Jesus is the Lord. He can heal every disease all at once, and then it's done and over with. Why does he just do it? Well, the church doesn't know why. The saints don't know why. Nobody knows why. But what we do know is that we trust in Jesus' Lordship. Remember, in the Gospels and all the stories, Jesus, yes, he healed some blind people, but not all the people that were blind. He healed some deaf, but not all the deaf. What's important is that we approach Jesus in worship, with the prayer of, Thy will be done, my Lord, and not my will. Next in the story, It says, Jesus was moved with pity. He touched the leper and said, be made clean. Now, this is an extraordinary act on Jesus' part. If you touched a leper, chances are you would contract the disease because it was so contagious. Worse yet, you would now be ritually unclean. You yourself would be ostracized and kicked out of the community. Jesus, by touching the leper, he now reverses all that. He makes the man clean and heals him. Now, what's the immediate result of that? It says the man went away and began to publicize the whole manner. Well, once we have been healed by the Lord, we feel this inner obligation to tell everybody. Remember the woman at the well? When she is healed spiritually by Jesus Christ, what's the very first thing she does next? She immediately went into the town and told everyone about her encounter with Jesus. So it always goes. Friends, if we treat evangelization as a purely intellectual process that only a few people can do, then we will never get evangelization right. The evangelist is you and I. You and I, a common person, someone who, despite weakness and fear, has come to Jesus, and we have worshipped him, and have found healing in Christ. And now we're compelled to tell people our story. Friends, what we have to realize, evangelization, when you boil it down to the very nuts and bolts, it's all about one starving person telling another starving person 
where to find Jesus and how to be healed. And that's something we all can do. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.